Good evening, and welcome to the Counselor's Connection. I am your host, Fabian Vix, and on today's episode, it's going to be a long one. We have a interview with Diana Virgil from Quitman County, BOE. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff from about counseling and military stuff, and ask a model, you know, counseling stuff. Of course, my housekeeping items and my final thought on something broke. You might still want to fix it anyway. This part of the show, I will say, Lego. Welcome back to the Council Connection. I am your host, Fabian Vix, and we have on the line Diana Virgil of Quitman County School System, a fellow Scooter Ambassador, and all and, and also professional school council color. So you know, and we we're in that 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 fraternity sorority thing where we we're trying to um you know grow our numbers up. Diana, how you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm doing well. We're going to go ahead and get this thing started. I know we just had us a quick laugh before we started recording. So tell everybody about yourself that might not know you. Okay. Well, um, obviously I'm Diana and I'm from Mississippi. So um, the small town called Terry, Mississippi, about probably about 15 minutes south of Jackson, Mississippi, the state capital. And um, I have a very deep southern accent. So I always tell people that that's something unique about me. <laughs> um, I have worked in um, Mississippi as a school counselor. I've also worked in Alabama as a teacher and for science. And I've worked in um, Georgia for the past, this is my third year in Georgia as a school counselor. So I've worked in very different schools. I worked in um majority Caucasian schools, majority African-American schools. I've worked in schools that are like kind of 50-50. So I've had a very different background working with students. I've had students that have been, you know, we only got like 15% um, free or reduced lunch to a school that's 100% free or reduced lunch. So it's been um, a wild ride. And so um, one that I really enjoy, I really like it. Um, I've moved around a lot due to my husband works for the Department of Defense. So um, we've worked and moved from there. Um, and I'm also a eight-year veteran of the military. So. Oh, wow. What branch? Army. Army, okay. I did Army National Guard for the past eight years. I got out in November. Okay, very cool. My dad was a Marine for 22 years. Oh, wow. That's, very yeah, cool. full to him because, look. <laughs> Marine Corps ain't no joke. <laughs> no, it's not. And, then, and the crazy thing, I thought about doing Marines to follow him and just being a Marine band. He told me, I did the Marines and military, so you won't have to do this. So you're not taking your butt down there and signing your self away, and you got too much to, to go. I'm like, well, I want to be in the band. Like, you be in the band in college. Bye. <laughs> so I'm like, well, okay. There goes that. My dream right there. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. So we're gonna go ahead and um, 
see where this is going to take us. We might go a whole bunch of different directions. Because last time we talked, we we went all over the place. And I think I think that's fine. So I I think we can. I think everybody be all right with that. Um, uh, I think you went around at your previous school, right? Yes. Um, at my previous school, I had ramp. My first time I got ramp was when I was an intern. Um, so my my supervisor at the time for during my counseling internship, she had applied for ramp the previous year and she didn't get it. So the next year she was going to apply again, but she had to look at her data. And so that's where I really dug into like school counseling data. That's where I learned a lot because I did her whole data for her program. So my first year when I was a counselor, she um called me and told me, Diana, we got ramp. I said, What? What you mean? Um, because I was an intern, so I, was, I you know, I was like, Okay. But she actually put my name on the application, you know, on the rap application it has on there anybody else that was the support and everything. She put my name on there and gave me credit for it for my work that I did. And so in her narratives and stuff, she explained how I did the data and different things of that nature. And so, um, being an intern, I was like, man, I did that. So I was like, I can do this on my own. You know, I can do this at another school. So when I moved to Georgia and I worked at the, my school there, um, I was able to actually get ramped. I did a whole, I implemented a whole comprehensive school counseling program in one year. And then that one year I collected data and everything. And then the next year we applied. So when we applied, you it's a long process <laughs> with different components. And so when we applied and everything, that um, January we got our results back. And I want to say we had like 49 points that we had, 48, 49. And so we had to re-ramp. So we, not re-ramp, but we had to resubmit. So we corrected the things they told us. And then we got an application back and we had like a 54. So I was super excited because we were the only ones in the South region of the state that actually got it that year. But also on top of that, we were the first ones in the school district. And what melts my heart now is because, you know, after that, I left because my husband ended up um, taking a promotion at another base. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a previous counselor that was at the high school, and they were telling me, like, hey, Diana, I need your help because... You know, the things y'all did at South, we're doing it district-wide now. So everyone has to have an annual agreement. We have to have this and have that. And um, I want to just collaborate with you so we can kind of get this in place so we can make sure we're all on the same page. And that just melts in my heart because that's something that I, when I first came, I implemented that. I, I marketed that in my my interview. I made sure my principal was aware, like, this is me. This is what I do. I want your program to be a comprehensive program because it works for students and it works for staff and it works for everyone and it changed the culture of the school and um yeah so i, I can talk about ramp all day i really love building the comprehensive program so i like seeing the growth of it yeah we're gonna stay right there for a second because i like the way this is going right here because I'm, I'm thinking about doing ramp next year i'm mm-hmm. I, I just always collect down and the problem is just the other piece of the program but what was the hardest thing about it
it might not be it right now, but we're moving towards where that is going to be the standard in all states. And I just wanted them to realize, like, you know, we have to have it. So advocating was really big because when I got there, we were doing 504s. So my first month at my new school, I was doing 504s. I advocated and advocated by showing them where my time was being spent and how it wasn't aligning with ASTA, but also what Georgia School Council Association was wanting us to do. And when I did that, we were able to get um, the 504s transferred to my assistant principal um, because we had three assistant principals and we had a principal. And from there, we were able to, I was able to work more on the counseling aspect and the data. So the one thing we did, like, for instance, we had breakfast duty. And I advocated for that. I said, you know, we got breakfast duty instead of us having duty. Well, I want to, I can run small groups during that time. I'm not taking away from instructional time. The kids can get their breakfast. We can all go in and talk in the morning. And that helped so much because they were seeing where our time was being spent then. And, um, that was one of the biggest things because I'm a, like, when I advocate, I have data videos and everything because I want to show people like, you really have to show people what you're doing and um, getting people on board because some people didn't understand it. They were like, she's too excited or, you know, she's doing too much. But I'm like, you have to understand what I'm implementing is impacting kids. It's making a change. And when they saw, like, the behaviors decrease or the discipline, you know, the discipline referrals, they were like, we might can get on board with this. Um, so that was the biggest thing, buy-in buy-ins because even with the teachers from the counseling department i did a wrapper every month um so out of my own pocket i go and get like a ten dollar chick-fil-a gift card and do a raffle where um i did a survey and they had to answer questions that went on in the counseling department the whole month in order to be entered into the drawing whoever had the highest score by the time it closed that's the person that won so they looked forward to that and i did little small treats like for halloween i'll go get candy in a bowl and just put it out so it was that. And some people were like, oh, no, you're bribing or whatever. I was like, no, because they're doing these questionnaires, but during the whole month, they know they're coming up, so they're paying attention to what I'm doing so they can answer the questions correctly to get it. And that's my whole point. I want you to pay attention to my program so you can understand what's going on. So, um, but once you got over that hurdle, it was a little, it was, it was easy breezy. So it was, it was sad when I left because, um, many people were like, man, you know, you really made an impact on our students. Like you changed the culture and stuff. And, um, that was, that was a pretty dope thing experience. So the buy-in, was the buy-in difficult when you were trying to do it or was it, did it take time or was it easy for them to get on board with it? Um, at first, I wasn't, I wouldn't say it was really that difficult. Oh, okay. Let me put it like this. I have, cause I'm in a different school now. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it like this. When in my school that I got ramped at, the buy-in was a little okay because they were, you know, they were already getting things and stuff like that, but it was a negative vibe about the counseling department. So I had to change them and let them see, like, I don't just sit in my office and do stuff like, you know, work on paperwork or be on the computer. Like, I do things for kids. So I had to be visible. I had to actually come around and, like, walk the hallways and do stuff. So when teachers, when I, I did a survey thing one month, um, I did a need assessment just for the teachers so they could tell me what they felt and what they wanted. 
Um, and I took that and I put it into a report and I reported it back to them and like, I hear you. I see what you're wanting. So when I did collaborations to come into the classrooms, the teachers are already willing. But I did something called a free range month too. And I would say probably around that November um, of that year, when I did that free range month, meaning that teachers can sign up for any lesson with any class period and I'll come and teach it on that lesson. So I had a lot of them say, I need motivation, I need this. But they were so happy that I just gave them the opportunity to pick certain things. And it was just that one month where I came in and I just, you know, because you get so caught up in, I got to do this because of this and da 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 but I gave them topics and like, these are some things I can teach, which is still aligned with stuff with what I was doing for my core curriculum. And, um, it was just, it was just awesome. So when that buy-in came in and they just saw I was on board and I was in there and I think it was a little bit more respect too, cause they knew I was a teacher before. So they know I've been there. They know how it feels to be in the classroom. And I said, you know, I understand. I've been there. I've been frustrated as a teacher. And you feel like you need everything you're supposed to do and, you know, it's not working. So that was the biggest thing. When they learned more about me and I opened up more to, um, I had a little bit more buy-in and it, it, it worked out perfectly. So that second year was a breeze. Now, we're going we're gonna to switch just a tad bit with the ramp going into the fourth editions with Ask made this summer. Are they mm-hmm. good? You think they're good, bad, blah, what? I like them. Um, I think it's more direct, if that makes any sense. It is some taking getting used to. Um, because, you know, when I did ramp, I did ramp off the, the old ones. So um, this year, like, I'm doing a two-year implementation of um, the comprehensive program at my school. So this year... It's kind of like groundwork. We're kind of getting our feet wet, making sure we got our everything set up. And then next year is the data collection. And um, doing a new one, you really, you have to study on it. You have to reread it. You have to go through it. Um, I like the new updates. I do. Being, I hate to put it like an old head because I'm not like an old head. But the thing about it is that when you're used to something and then it changes, <laughs> you kind of like, oh, my God, this is just so frustrating. But once you've done it, um, that narrative piece, that's the biggest thing because, you know, I like the new layout. It's more to the point, but you still got to tell your story as you're going through it. And that's where the judges are really want to, you know, the people that's evaluating you really want to see, like, what did you mean when you did this report? What does this mean? How did you get results? And um, that's one of the biggest things. So um, I like the updates. I like that they're more simple to the point. They're sleek, um, clean, um, but it is going to take some getting used to. Yeah, because um, my co-counsel was um, saying, I, I'm I'm just not used to it because they changed all this stuff. Like, yeah, you just got to learn. You actually got to read the changes. <laughs> I'm like, you just can't just not, not use Scooter or whatever and say, hey, this the old stuff. Like, if you know... The, the format it'll be easy right. to follow along but if you don't know the format you can't follow along if you can't follow along then you don't know what you're your code and you're not gonna be able to show what you did your time digitally you can just say oh i met with 45 kids oh you did which 45 kids when right. did you meet with the 45 kids how did you meet with the 45 kids did they make appointments were they just responsive services was it something that was scheduled is it something that's right. ongoing so you don't you know that's that's one thing about some of this, the counselor that are like I would say at least 15 years in, 
that's mm -hmm. still on the third model, third edition model, but haven't crossed over to the fourth yet, is because they're thinking like, I already do it, did it this way. And actually the new way actually kind of advocates for us more. If you look at especially mm -hmm. the annual administrative agreement or conference, the annual mm -hmm. administrative conference, it actually has, I think you, I know you've seen it. It has a spot yeah. on there where you look at your time for last year versus your goal for this year. Yes. And uh, uh, we, we did our advisory council. One of the uh, elementary school council said one of her goal this year is to get to 70%, and she was at 2530 last year because she was doing RTI. So that's yeah. a, that's a, that's powerful right there. And I'm thinking, like, that's that's you might be getting 75 way where you're tracking this year. So. Right, and that's the biggest thing, like, um... I had someone else to come to me about that. They were like, well, we use Scooter and we do this and all that stuff, but I like the old stuff and the format. I knew this. And I was like, well, you're comfortable. I said, you're never going to grow if you stay in a comfortable position. I said, ask for change, meaning that as counselors, we have to change with that as well. And that means sometimes they put you in an uncomfortable position because you have to be able to learn this new way of doing things. There's nothing wrong with that, but trust me, every change that is made is for our benefit because it helps. And so that's that whole transition going from that guidance to that school counselor. I tell them all the time because I still have some counselors that come up and they still call themselves guidance counselors. And I'm like, it's even research proven now. Like, you have to change your thinking. You can't be, if you're comfortable in where you are and you're not trying to learn anything new, you're not helping students. You're hurting them. Because kids are changing every single day. And so um, that's one of my biggest things is like, you know, when they came out with that new edition, like you said, I, I like it. You know, it takes getting used to, but what, as soon as they changed it, we was at ASCA conference and they released everything. I went and bought the book at the bookstore because I was like, yep, let me go ahead and learn this. Let me go ahead and read this because I need to make sure that I'm one step ahead so I can help my kids as much as I can. And um, I think that's super important today. I agree, and I got my book. I I originally just read the eight, the change, the the quick quick guide, and I have the book they bought it for us that went to the conference last year. This year, I'm like, I'm I'm gonna read it eventually, but I, as long as I get these changes down and mm -hmm. and the terms, I'll be okay. And but reading through the book, it's just a good refresh, especially if you haven't read the the third edition in a while, going to the fourth edition, or you or even the second edition. Yeah, I mean, it's just. Right. It's just refreshing just to see that, like, man, I I, I got something that could change and make an effect, mm -hmm. effect, make an effect for for everybody in the building and the people around it that that affects the students. Now, you brought up Scooter. I said I introduced you as a Scooter ambassador. We're both gonna mm -hmm. be ambassadors. We're both going to to Augusta. Yes. So we know the Scooter also went to the fourth edition and they updated a lot of stuff. What's the one feature mm -hmm. that you like since that we've been named ambassadors that you saw on the on Scooter. Man, when I say I love Scooter, I just gotta say that I love Scooter because it's like, it's so e much easier for me to do stuff. Like, um, one thing I like is the calendar. I really love the calendar, but I like the details of the calendar. Um, because if my principal comes and asks me, you know, how is your time, how is your time being spent for the month of October, I can give him a whole calendar with information that you know the confidential information can be hidden so he don't have to see kids and everything but he can be like man i had you doing a lot of administrative work this month or i had you doing a lot of 
you saw a lot of kids this month, or you've been working a lot on post-secondary planning. So you can see what the needs are for our students. Being able to use those um, charts, because one thing we have, since we're a small district, we have superintendent cabinet, which means that we get to actually, every two weeks on Mondays, I get to go and have a meeting with the superintendent, with the transportation director, with the finance director, everybody in there, we all have a seat at the table. And I get to explain to them how my time is being spent. And I get to show them how my time is being spent. So it has become a big advocacy piece because, um, like I said, coming transitioning to a new district, the biggest thing you have to realize is that it's not going to be the same as your old district. People have to realize that you have to start from scratch and you got to build back up, meaning that you might have advocated to the death and got your old program the way you want it. But you have to start back from scratch and see what are the needs of my new students? What is going on here? And by using that piece with Scooter has been very helpful um, in advocating, showing things, reporting my time, how it's being used, how many hours I'm spending on certain things. Um, so that's been like a really big piece because they were like, I didn't know you spent this much time just doing that. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, this is something we need to work on. Maybe we need to get some more people to help with this so I can be less time on my plate. Um, especially with counselors that have dual roles. Because at my school district, like, we only have, we have about 300 students. But the thing is, we're a pre-K through 12 school. So I have to deal with the problems of pre-K through 12 grades. So I'm working with getting you in school and adjusted to getting you out to post-secondary education. And the biggest challenge is that your time, because you can be working in a high school and then you got a middle school having a crisis and then you got an elementary kid. So showing them how that time was is very important. So um, now, like next year, when the other council gets back from deployment, we'll have two councils, but having showing them how my time was spent this year would help us decide, like, how can we split our time between both of us? So, therefore, we can make sure we'll have direct service with students. So, SCUDA has been a really big part in that. And plus, you can, like, put your narratives in there for your ramp application, all that stuff. And you can have it in one place because having it in one place is so much easier than having it everywhere and you can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that's the biggest thing because you can get in the SCUDA from anywhere. And I just love, I love that aspect about it. Now we're gonna go to we're talking about we talked about Rand, we talked about um school ambassador. I wanna talk about what was the most important piece of your comprehensive program you had to install so far in your council group. What's the what's the most important piece of your program that, that you saw that I have to install this to the now before I do anything else? The biggest thing I think I had to install is kinda of a two part component. I had to do a needs assessment. And from that needs assessment, I had to make sure I had a core curriculum set up for the year. And the needs assessment is because I need to know what what everybody felt, what the kids felt, what the teachers felt, what the parents felt. And you can make all the programs you want in the world. But the problem is that if you're not, not making the right programs that target students, you're not making a good program. You're just making what you think they want. And the thing about it is that 
Um, I tell people all the time because, like, I'm 28, and I graduated high school 10 years ago, but the kids have changed in 10 years. So I can think, like, oh, I went through this in high school. This is what their issue is. It's different. And so um, having that needs assessment, taking that data, talking to your principal about it, and then going on and implementing a core curriculum action plan and using that to make your small groups, to make your classroom lessons. I think that's what's important. And then talking about what your goals are, because it's hard to have a counseling program when you don't have a goal for the year that you're trying to aim towards. Because when principals see that you're trying to collaborate, especially going into school climate, CCRPI, you are definitely hitting that spot where you can get that that advocacy and get that support that you need from your administrators. Um, because everything, you know, test scores are a big thing now. And people look at test scores and say, you know, I want this and that and we got to get here. And that's like a big focus on a lot of stuff. Instructional time is huge. But if you're collaborating and seeing the needs of the teachers, if they're saying we need a um, lessons on social and emotional, you know, how to do coping skills um, when you're angry or just things like that, then you can say, okay, what are y'all teaching on this this week in math? And they're like, oh, we're teaching about this where we're using word, word problems and things like that. You could be like, but well, is it okay if I come in during that time and actually talk about this? One thing I learned, especially with middle school and high school, they have intercourse tests. And in elementary as well, though, but the biggest thing is that I try to get, if I'm going to come to the classroom, try to come to math classes in the fall semester. And then in the spring semester, you might come to, like, your more your social studies and your science classes, especially for middle school, because they're not being tested. So thinking about ways you can collaborate with those teachers, especially when they get to certain lessons, is very important. So, yeah, those are things I definitely would install into any program when coming in. Now, you say the students have changed over the last 10 years since you graduated high school. Now, let's talk about our, our, our career as counselors. Where do you see it now versus when you were in high school, you saw the counselor versus now being a counselor and throwing there like the time you was a counselor to the time you're a counselor now. So how has it changed? We'll just say that that decade and 10 years, how has it changed from then to now? much on them that they didn't have the time. 
behind to come and do that. So from that transition to like when I first started counseling, you know, you go to school, you all happy and everything. But my clinical, my supervisor during my internship, she was very honest with me because she was like, it's going to be stuff you don't want to do, but you have to do it. Um, especially when you got family, you got kids, you got things to think about and, but you still got to advocate for yourself and never say yes without having a no to say something got to be taken away because I'm not superwoman or superman. And, um, that was something I did. So my first year by myself, I was at a pre-K through eight grade school and I was the only counselor there in a, um, high needs area. And it was, it was very stressful because I had me to depend on and I was in charge of RTI. I had to do, um, I didn't do five or fours, but I had to do RTI. I had to do records, um, testing, um, uh, so much. And you're like, I'm this 24, 25 year old that's like losing their mind at this point. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I need to do. <laughs> um, it was a big struggle, but that's when I also learned to advocate for myself and to talk. And I got to the point where I was able to implement, you know, student ambassador programs and stuff like that. And when they saw how things were helping kids and keeping them out of trouble, slowly stuff started to get off my plate. So now as a counselor, because um, I'm, I'm in my fifth year, and... As a counselor, I've learned how to advocate, but you you have to realize, especially when you change to a new location, that it takes time. You know, stuff is not going to happen overnight, but you also got to prove and you got to show. It's not like, you know, I have to give you all the facts before anything was changed, but you got to show like, you know, this is what's going on. This is where my time is being. And you can't just say, this is what I got and that's it. And you ain't got no solution or how you going to replace it or nothing. You just want it off of you. You have to come and say, you know, I'm not having as much time with kids. So this is something that I think that can change or we can work on. And these are some ways we can do it. And have solutions when you come with the issue. Because <laughs> you don't want to present a problem. It's like you want to try to look at a solution for it. So those are some things. And I would say that has changed so much because... As a school counselor, I've seen me evolve from, you know, I used to go into the classrooms every every semester when I first started. Then I changed to every nine weeks. And now I go in there every month. I'm in a classroom every month, if not every week. I actually went to a classroom today. Um, and so it's always something that you can do to help students. And by doing that, I'm visible. They see me. And they realize I'm not just there to get them their transcripts or their grades or their power school login. Um, they see that I'm there to help them with social and emotional. Um, I'm there to help them deal with, you know, um, career issues, planning, and things of that nature because I really advocated for what I do. And I think once you do that and show that you can be there, it changes the culture of your program. So that's, that's my two cents on that. Now we we talk about changing culture. Now I want to talk about the the change of the equity in counseling, and uh-huh. like we we talked about a week or two ago about the numbers we pulled from 
the state of Georgia with councils. I'm trying to see if I could pull it up. But uh-huh. what's one thing that you've um, noticed as I mean, you Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia? What's the one thing that you notice as far as the demographics of counselors that you've seen since you became a counselor? Oh, that's interesting. Um, that's a good one. I will say this. When I was in Mississippi, the demographics of the counselors were all, the majority was probably about 70% African-American. And we did not have a male counselor in the district. And so that was different. Um, and then... You know, in Alabama, I don't remember seeing, when I was at the high school I was at, I don't remember seeing, no, we had one African-American counselor, but they were all female. At the district that I got ramped in, that district, we had one male counselor, and out of the demographics, we had 13 schools, but we only had about one, two, three, four, at the most five um, African-American counselors out of about 30 counselors. So I was just, I remember going to my school in Georgia my, my first time, and the kids looking at me like, I'm so happy you're here. And I didn't understand that at first. And then I realized, and I was just like, you know, the the demographics was totally different. And so they were happy to see somebody that looked like them. And that's so important today with kids. Because either you're Caucasian, you're Black, you're Hispanic, whatever it may be, kids like to see themselves. That's so important. And, um... I think that demographic, it was so different. Like, because now where I'm at, most of the councils in the area and surrounding counties are African-American. And that population is mainly African-American. So, it, it's been, like, different everywhere I've been. And, um, but when it comes to school counseling, I see, you know, in those two areas, I saw... African-American, but when I went to my other district, it was like we were hard to find. So. Yeah, yeah I just pulled up the data I requested from JDOE um, back in July. There's 3,992 school councils this past year. Wow. 1,875 white females, 1,497 wow. black females, 200 15 black males and 238 white males. Wow. So you're looking at you can see the the, the numbers are wopsided. I don't know if that's a word. Wopsided, lopsided. No, we're going to take it. We're going to take it. But that is that just that just shook me right there. That's just from this past school year. If you go back to 2015 there was only 3600 councils so we've added 300 positions over the last mm-hmm. over the last four years but the only mm-hmm. thing with that is though only 100 or 216 of them well 216 plus uh, 42 216 42 250 of them added on to 
African Americans become counselors, but mm-hmm. that, that that's not kind of they moved or retired or anything like that. But that's just that's just crazy. The numbers, and especially in Georgia, those numbers are just so wow. I just I, 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 I yeah, and we have one of the biggest school counseling associations. So you know we like we're big, but we're small. Mm-hmm. And then, like, um, you know, it's it's not that many of us. Like, I can go anywhere. I can call to a school, and I'm shocked sometimes when I get a male counselor because you, that's not the voice that you normally hear. And it's so sad because I personally feel like we need more male counselors because, like, yes, I'm trained, I'm equipped, I can help. Um any kid but the thing about it sometimes kids do need that male perspective and that's because they may not have it or they, they, they're the man of their house if that makes any sense mm-hmm. um, depending on the demographics that you're dealing with and the population and the social economic status that you're dealing with um I feel like I like I really want to encourage because that's one reason why I'm pursuing my PhD is because I want to be a um a professor one day so I can train people but also recruit more males into our field because it's such a great field and we have a high need for more males in the field and I don't care if they're white black Hispanic. Um, Japanese, whatever you want to be, I want more males in general um, because it's it's a need for it. And so, and I just I just feel like you know I feel like we're moving in the right direction by adding more counselors, we get those ratios down. Um, but I feel like we gotta as counselors, we gotta advocate more um, in our school systems in our university systems and encouraging kids to actually look into that field as an option or especially for males. So. Now, do you feel like it's, I know that um, we're, we're one of the 44, 45 states that don't require a teaching certification. Do you think it's because not enough males are going into education or do you think it's because males that are in education, they're going straight to administration but if they are a counselor, they're being groomed to go in administration. I'm, I have a friend that that was a counselor in, in uh, I think it's Clayton County. He ended up mm-hmm. becoming an administrator. I have a uh, guy that was a uh, used to be a uh, AP in my building. Now he he, he was a uh, graduation coach, then became a counselor, but went into administration. And I'm trying to I'm just trying to figure out what what can we do um, as far as the, can we get them an education? Can we, what can we do to help shift them to that that field, to our field. Well, that's the thing. One of the biggest things, and I see it all the time for even my students, is that they feel like, I don't want to be no teacher because I ain't going to make no money. And, and that's one of the biggest things. And I tell them, like, you can make money in this field. You just got to put in the work, and you might have to get more advanced degrees. And you might have to go and get an additional certification, but it's so much you can do. And like I was, ta- I remember talking to a um, student earlier this year that was thinking about education. He's a male, 
and he was like, I'm not sure about this money. And, I, and we sat down and I showed him like the salary scale for the district. And I was like, let me show you what this means. And so, and we broke it down and we looked at Field County, we looked at Quitman County, we looked at Gwinnett County, we looked at all the different ones. And I said, you get a doctor degree and you be here, you can make this much. I said, if you're teaching, you have a salary, you have a contract. I said, when you go out in the business world, it's more com- like it's competitive with teaching, but we have a short a shortage in teaching too. So the thing about it, when you go, if you get a finance degree and you go out in the business world, it might take you forever to find a job sometime because it's a different kind of structure. And I, I tell them, I said, you know, I don't I don't want you to pick stuff based off of money all the time either because your heart has to be in the teaching. And I said, if you, you like being around kids and you like helping people and you like history and you like this, you know, think of different ways. Because one of my biggest things is that when I have um, students, especially male students, a lot of them want to be coaches. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But maximize your potential in it. You know, you can earn money by being an educator and good money because there are many educators that do it. And you don't have to be a principal to make good money. And I know that firsthand because I had a teacher at my previous school. He had a doctor degree, and he made more than the assistant principals. So, I mean, you know, you, you just have to look at different avenues and different ways. And you also got to study because each county is different on page. And so, and um, you know, and just go around and look at that. So I think, I think that we as people have to realize that just because they're a male doesn't mean they have to be a coach. Just because they're a male doesn't mean that their only way up is to be a principal. I think that's so important because you can be a school counselor and then go be a director of counseling in a school district and help other counselors to get that. Or you can be a trainer for school districts, a consultant. It's so many different things you can do with that degree. And you just got to look at your avenue. That's some powerful stuff you, you just said right there. And I don't think I have nothing else, but I think we don't talk about everything on here. Unless you want to add, talk about something else, I don't have nothing else. Um, I'm really thankful for doing like the um the podcast, for inviting me on your podcast, because like I love school counseling. I love, I love pouring into other people. And, um, I love, one of the biggest things about me, when I learn something, I love to share it with other people. And I think that's so important as counselors because sometimes, especially if you're in a rural area, um, you can be just by yourself. I think it's so important to network, reach out, go to your um, um, your conferences, um, join your local organizations like Georgia School Council Association. It's been one of the best things ever that I've embarked on since I came to Georgia. Like um, like I said, my husband works for the Department of Defense, and um, he works at, in Alabama at their base. And I told him, he was like, you can get a job in Alabama. But I was like, it's something about Georgia that's so sweet and that's so cool that I just love. And I said, I love the atmosphere of our, our counseling association because they're so supportive. And they're pushing and striving to um, do everything 
to make sure that the life for counselors is awesome. And I think that's so important because I got involved with the Mississippi Counseling Association when I was a student. And I ended up growing and networking and making friends for life where, um, you know, the school counselor of the year is my mentor. For um, That was my supervisor during um, my time in Mississippi. So I think it's so important to always reach out, talk to people. Don't be shy, you know. Uh, just go up and talk to them and to just, like, make those connections because you never know when you can, like, I can pick up the phone and be like, hey, baby, I got I got a question about something that I don't know about. <laughs> so I think that's so important today. And I think that's the biggest thing with, with us as counselors. I think we don't collaborate. We collaborate, but I don't think we collaborate enough and effectively because we're, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, we, we have our job to do everything, but there's nothing wrong with PL and ourselves, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just mm-hmm. and sharing and sharing information, and that's the one thing I, I try to well to do with my zone. Like like today, we had our advisory council today, and we it was a zone. It, was I started. it. it looks so good. Yep, we started it last last year where we um we we'll meet every other month and just 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 vent and come up with ideas, talk about sharing student data and students that come to our feeder school. We couldn't we haven't got the high school on board yet. You know, high school is just a whole other animal because they're trying to make sure kids have credits. Yeah, this, that, and another. Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> so they'll eventually get on board because what we're trying to, the main goal was for us to try to ramp together. So that's why mm-hmm. we're going through the process because we zone, we use it as a zone, but we're also sharing the stakeholders and the board members. So that way we have all our stuff in one meeting. We could get the board member to one meeting instead of him coming to five or six. And yes. We, and we share the same administrator or stakeholders or whatever. So that way, when we turn our application in, we can show that we actually are our own stakeholders in, in our zone because we, we cherish our pro, our comprehensive program, and that's how we be more effective because we're sharing the same student. We're not sharing the data with, with each other, so that way we can collaborate together. Right. And, and I honestly say my, my principal gave me the, the idea last year, and I just, just took it over and just started running with it. And now our district supervisor started bringing um, this past um support services meeting she broke us up into middle elementary or high and mm-hmm. then broke broke the second part of the meeting up by zone so that way we could just talk about zone issues or like, like smooth moves or mm-hmm. that that type of stuff we could collaborate i think it's a little rough i think it's a great idea it's a little rough because everybody know what to expect but i think if she plans it out a little bit little bit more as far as being more intentional as far as what to talk about the meetings it could be effective if you do that every other month where it is broken into zones and your content and then the, the off months you meet us as a whole so that way it won't be the same thing each month so that way you get to see right. see the zones and everything so i think that's a model everybody should start doing because that gives you more more time to collaborate and more time to actually say hey what you guys doing at um, Miller Middle School for, for um, seventh grade? Well, I know I'm doing uh, growth mindset. Oh, okay, I got growth mindset too. What you got? And you could just go that way and share lessons and just like teachers share a lesson plan. We do the same thing with core curriculum. Not, I mean, it's, it's not that difficult. Yes, that's that's one big thing I will say. Um, in my pre, like my district I'm in now, we're the only school in the whole district, so it's just us. But in my old district with all 13 of us when we got with middle school we'll collaborate together to um actually make plans and do stuff i think when you start making a strong district comprehensive program for school counselors
when it goes to everything else in the other schools. Um, just because everybody on the same page. So that, like, everybody be like, we're doing career first. Because, you know, you got to finish youth science, GCIS, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if you're not implementing it in a classroom curriculum, then, you know, it falls back on the counselor sometimes. So those are things you can collaborate on. So when everyone's doing it at the same time and they're having an issue, they can easily pick up the phone and say, hey, I did this. Do you know what's going on with this? Um, I just think it's good to have that, share your um, plans with each other, um, academic calendars for the year with each other, because you might have your career fair going on in the fall, but they might, another school might have theirs going on in the spring, but y'all can collaborate with each other on different ideals. So you don't have to feel like you're alone. That's one of the biggest things. And for those people that's in a district, kind of like mine, where you're like the only counselor or two of you or so forth, so forth and so on, it's always important to collaborate with other school districts around the state. Because, um, like, I just I just picked up the phone and called somebody from Effingham County and was like, hey, I need help with this. Um, you know, <laughs> and things like that. Because that's one thing. I ain't scared to call next. Um, <laughs> I will call you and ask if I don't know. And um, that that's the biggest thing. I think it's so important to do that. So I think y'all on the right track. It looked good. I will say that. I saw it. I was like, oh, y'all go. I love it. I love when I see that because getting stakeholders involved and having your board. When you got your board people there, you can when you're trying to get change, it can happen. Because the people you need to help you are there. And the one thing I like about it, they're not just sitting there, oh, this look great. This is just beautiful. Like, no, he asked some questions. I'm like, yes. It's like, well, I'm not taking too like, no, dude, we want you to ask questions because that's the only way we can get better. So ask away. We, we Believe it or not, it was five, let's see, one, two, three, what was it, three, four. Four schools. So four schools out of the five in our zone. And, like, we finished in 35 minutes because, you know, you just show our two goals, went over. Because, like, everybody, I mean, the guy's name Bob Easter. He was he's been at both of my meetings so far. He understands what a comedy is program, so there's no need for me to go through the whole thing. The only thing I introduced was the uh, was the fourth edition and the changes it made. And he asked questions about the attendance and basically everybody's everybody goal was pretty, one goal for everybody was attendance and uh-huh. maybe a, maybe a, a behavior. Another one was one account said it wanted to, I want to get the seventy five percent seventy percent of my direct services. Another person said he want to do um. I forgot what the other one was. I look at the slide because I put on um, one drive, but it just one thing he said like you guys know about your data, you guys understand this, and it's and I just I appreciate you guys knowing what y'all doing in this, and you answers a lot of questions for me, and I and and I just I appreciate him just asking the questions so that way if somebody say for instance the superintendent want to come in and say why are you guys doing this we could we won't look crazy and, and right. ask them. But you said the key word you understand it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't spit out numbers and you can't explain it to people, and that's one of the biggest things. Like when you're collecting, anytime you make any um, pretest, postest, anything like that, you need to ask, "What do I want to know?" and "What do I want to tell people from this?" Because if you're not thinking about that, then you're not going to get anywhere. Because I, I say it's happened to me before early on. I make a survey and I'm like, I didn't answer nothing of what I was supposed to ask. <laughs> and um and you're just mad because you're like, I can't go back. And um one of the biggest things is that, you know, how can I explain this to other people? How does it make sense to me? Because I can have 
10 different numbers on a sheet of paper and I know how they all connect. But if I get that same paper to you, you might look at it and be like, what is this? So, um, being able to relay that information to your stakeholders is so important because and sharing it monthly. That's one thing I did. Data videos, going to power, uh, not power school, but um, PowerPoint, making my presentation and then changing it to an MP4, putting it on our website, putting it on the call home to go to parents. I did that every month and they knew what was going on. They knew how many kids I saw every month because that's what the teacher was like. You saw 90 kids this month? You had 90 sessions? Yes. Like, and then I had on top of everything else I have to do. And so, and then, you know, you don't have to break it down into, um, you know, very detailed stuff, but just having like social and emotional, career, academic. And people can be like, you had 60 academic things this month? Yes, I did. That's powerful. Because that shows like where your time is and what you need to do. And I, I just keep saying it over and over. Like, you can't change your program until you can show how you are impacting students. And that, that's, I can't stress that enough. That's why I said, especially with Scooter, that's why I was like, it's one of the best things, tools that school counselors can use because it, it does everything for you. You ain't got to try to put everything in Excel and try to make a chart. It makes it for you. And I don't think people realize that it takes the stress off of you so much. So... Maybe maybe one day everybody will just give us a stipend just to use scooter every year three hundred dollars so I can get the full full boat three fifty yes because that yes. that that outlet that outlook is a blessing I just go in there and just type what put out what I did today poured it on <laughs> over and I just code it I'm, I'm I'm telling you that that blessed me today I like that I just thought about that blessed yes. that, that and I just I, I like this blessed me every day now so I I got lazy <laughs> I just put, I plug in that calendar and just say hey I did this 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 I color code on my calendar so I can remember how to put it in scooter. Then I import it. Next time, ooh, that saved me about twenty five minutes right now. That saved me twenty five yes. minutes. Yes, because <laughs> people don't realize, like you know, some people are like, well, I don't want to do this program too because it's just too much work or whatever like that. And then I've had it also where some people were like, I don't want to use the program because we have like infinite campus power school. We put our stuff in there, and I'm like, that's cool, but. You can show your principal this because your principal can get access to it and they can't see the confidential stuff of the student, but they can see like your dashboard, your time and all that stuff like that. And because that, that's how my principal is. He has his own account, so he can see that. He just can't see my counseling notes. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one of the biggest things. Like I tell people all the time, like it's a tool you can use. I like it because in power school, it's not really an area built for school counselors. Um, and it was just hard for me to implement stuff. Infinite Campus, I had that, and it was beneficial, but I still didn't have ways that I can run reports to get stuff I needed. Yeah. And having Scooter, it really, because it helped me with ramp last year, um, because it show, it's already spits out reports. So I, I can have a graph and be like, oh, that's exactly what I need. And it saves me, like, an hour because I ain't got to try to convert everything into a graph. <laughs> so um, that's going to be the benefit, especially when you apply for next year for ramp, that you're going to have that. You're like, well, that saved me some time because I already got a ramp. I just got to analyze it and talk about it. Yeah. 
So that helps a lot. Well, man, we've been on this thing for an hour almost. I know, good stuff, man. You always got good stuff. You're talking about counseling. Yeah, I know, and I, and I appreciate you taking time out to uh, come on my podcast, and I can't wait Can't wait to, uh, for us to get together at uh, GSCA. Yes, I can't wait. Either. It's going to be exciting. All right, so I'll see you then. See you then. All right, bye-bye. We'll be right back with the Council Connection. And of course, this is the part of the podcast where we do some housekeeping items. And as usual, we can be followed on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and on Apple Podcasts. I know... um, it's starting to get a little bit busier for me. Um, I'm still debating whether I need to go every two weeks, and I'm running a little late this week um, to get it in time during some type of daylight. And I'm still debating if I want to do every two weeks, but I'm thinking I'm I'm gonna try to stay every two weeks because that seems like it's working. Um, as you know, we have parent portal or stakeholder portal where you could go on to anchor.fm forward slash Fabian.vix, Fabian um, dash Vix, excuse me, where we take any comments or questions online. You can ask them, send them in to us, and we'll we'll make sure we answer them. We haven't had anybody give any feedback or anything yet, but we welcome all feedback. You can also follow me on Twitter at Fabe, the PSC, that's F-A-B-E, the P-S-C. Also, Appling P-S-C is our school's Twitter handle. You can also go to my Weebly page, fadethecounselor.weebly.com. Still want some more guests on here. Any administrator that would love to come on and talk about your, your optics of how you see your school council, your building, or any council want to talk about the great things they're doing in their building, or any stakeholders that see the value in what we do as professional school counselors, we would love to have you on the podcast. You can hit me on those any of those platforms. Um, you can leave a voice memo. And I really enjoy these 12 episodes I've done so far as giving me a, a voice to advocate for my position as well as communicate with various stakeholders in different parts of the country and maybe the world even if you're listening and across the waters. Um, we'll be right back with my final thought on fixing something that ain't broke. We'll be right back. Fabe's final thought. So, some of you might not know some of the side stuff that I do and I probably haven't talked about it a lot but I am a saxophone player Uh, I was in the band at Tri-City High School East Point Georgia you know Outkast Keenan Thompson Randy Thomas Jonas Jennings some famous folks with it were there David Cote Christina Horn Christina Horn you know you might have seen her on SWAT and I think she also was on uh, the the short series with about um, 
Giovanni Versace. I think she would play the FBI agent, if I remember correctly. David Cote, um, a, a director for uh, in theater. He's been around some different theaters and very talented guy, really cool guy. Uh, Keenan Thompson, uh, he went, he's on SNL, he went to Tri-Cities. Randy Thomas played several years with the Redskins and the New York Jets. Uh, Jonas James, I believe he played for the Packers. Of course, you know, Outkast, Big Boy, and Andre 3000. And don't forget Candy Burris of Escape and Tamika Scott, if I remember correctly. I had a class with Tamika when I transferred to Tri-City in 93. We were in the same PE class. And we had some some powerful names from Tri-City High School. So, you know, anyway, I digress. Play saxophone. Um, was a musician. I'm a musician still. I was a drum major at Tri-City. I played sax at the Fort Valley State University in the concert and jazz band and marching band. I was a drum major at the Fort Valley State University. We're going to beat the Rams next week. Um, also a musician in my church. I've played at three different churches in the last 17 years. And the last 10 years, I've created a fundraiser for um, donating to the homeless for my Christmas concert. Um, it's Christmas and all that jazz. We we do a fundraiser where we do take canned goods as, a, as an admission price to come into the concert. And we donate it to our local shelter every year. And good turnout. And, you know, every year we, we have a set list of songs that we do. And things always come up every year where some people might be missing practice or some pe- people back out of it. Not a fault of their own. Life stuff happens. But every year, I put together a set of songs I want to do. I start pretty much start uh, preparing those songs, and I want to say, if you want to be honest, the day after my concert to February, I start looking at songs I want to do. Then, as the year goes on, I see what's what's a powerful song or a popular song or a song that's out that is recognizable, especially if it's done of our choir. Uh, there's a couple songs that we're doing. I'm not going to give away my my list yet but you know we have this is songs we do and sometimes going back to sometimes folks have to step aside for the concert or things happen where we have them cancel some rehearsals because of locale or life events we have to put those songs on the side burner and pull back some stuff that we've done before and We've been doing that for a long time. This, these past four years, four to five years, I pulled songs out that, that I've done a couple times. It's gotten to a point where I had to take a chance on, you know what? I don't know. It's time to do something new. I even to a point where I thought about like, maybe I need to take a year off from the concert, refresh, and then just come back again next year even harder. So I was thinking about that this year and as you know my dad passed in February 
that was one of the things I was thinking about this year. My dad passed, my grandparents-in-law passed, my stepfather-in-law passed, my best my best man's daughter passed. He passed um, July last year, and I'm thinking this has been a heavy year, and I want to take some time away just to not do it. But if any of those folks are still here, especially my dad and and Reggie. I'm gonna say don't don't let that stop you from doing what you've been doing. Just something that the community needs right now. This is something that is giving back. This is you paying it forward to the community in your way. So that's one part of the aspect of if it ain't broke, you still fix it because even though the concert has has always had its bumps and bumps and bruises and scrapes we still get through and I thought this year maybe this is just the year I need to break in and then come back next year second part of that is going back to the song list we do there are songs that we've done like two three years straight maybe for the last five years I can say right now every year we do Emmanuel every year we do Silent Night my version of Silent Night the last two years we've done Mary, did you know? I know we've done our Bless the Lord Byron Cage version so many times. Um, but I was thinking it's time it's time to freshen it up. It's time to get some new songs in there. There's nothing wrong with having one or two songs that you've done, but you got your faithful folks that come to the concert and they're going to say, well, man, it's time for you to do some new stuff for us. You need to do something a little different. I'm like, nah, because we already have these things happening. It's time to time to move on. Well, I went and said, you know what? I went out on faith and said, hey, this is the song list. We're going to do these songs and y'all going to have to keep up. So, Mr. Music, my church, who happens to also be my brother-in-law, Isaac. He had, he took the look of the list, the final list I sent. Okay, we just he said, Hey man, there's a whole lot of new songs on here. I'm like, yeah, because I'm thinking it's time for us to just challenge ourselves more instead of, you know, doing the same old stuff that we do get through and cha- change up some of the stuff, how we do some things. I like, man, I like the list. I'm thinking to myself, okay, cool. Um my drummer band even said Man, I like these, these songs. These songs are good. Like I said, I think I previously just said, one of the songs has, is on my list, has been on my list for seven years. And I am ready to do the song. And we've, we've been taking a lot of time in the song because it's one of those songs where it just might be one part of the song that is hard to play because everybody has the same part. And everybody has to hit those parts at the same time. Everything else about the song is easy. You could jam, play, get through it. It's just that 45 seconds to a minute, 10 seconds right there where everybody have the same line and has to be hit at the same time. Everybody got to be in sync to make sure it works. But that's the good thing about fixing something that ain't broke because 
in your counseling program, you might have done the same thing. You might have did the same lessons. You might have done the same small groups. There's something, nothing wrong with changing up how you do your lesson. You can do the same lesson, but freshen it up. Put it in Nearpod. Or if you've done small groups, nothing was doing small group during lunch period. Instead of doing small group doing connections or learning time. Nothing wrong with freshening it up with doing it during lunch break or or during breakfast. If you don't have duty, of course, if you have morning duty, then it's going to be kind of hard to do, do a group. But sometimes in your program, you need to still tweak your program so that way it won't ever be broke. Sometimes you need to break your program to fix it. Like my concert, it wasn't broken, but I broke what we've been doing to fix it going forward. I want to thank you for taking your time out on this evening or during the day to listen to my podcast. And I'm gonna see you later. I'm out. Good evening and welcome to the Council's Connection. I am your host, Fabian Bix. And as an educator, this is the weekend that you look forward to. It's the weekend before the long week off for a holiday. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some cuts of my favorite interviews and give my final take on professionalism. my interview is going to be on here I might just put them all on here but that's going to be a long podcast I'm going to give you two or three that'll make it work so I'm make it do what it do Lego good evening and welcome to the council's connection I am your host Fabian Vix and as an educator this is the weekend that you look forward to it's the weekend before the long week off for a holiday so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some cuts of my favorite interviews and give my final take on professionalism. Who well, my interview is going to be on here? I might just put them all on here, but that's going to be a long podcast. So I'm going to give you two or three that'll make it work. So I'm make it do what it do. Lego. Good evening and welcome to the Council's Connection. I am your host, Fabian Vix. And as an educator, this is the weekend that you look forward to. It's the weekend before the long week off for a holiday. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some cuts of my favorite interviews and give my final take on professionalism. Well, my interview is going to be on here. 
I might just put them all on here, but that's going to be a long podcast. So I'm going to give you two or three that'll make it work. So I'm make it do what it do. Lego. Good evening and welcome to the Council's Connection. I am your host, Fabian Bix. And as an educator, this is the weekend that you look forward to. It's the weekend before the long week off for a holiday. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some cuts of my favorite interviews and give my final take on professionalism. Who are my interviews going to be on here? I might just put them all on here, but that's going to be a long podcast. So I'm going to give you two or three that'll make it work. So I'm make it do what it do. Lego. Good evening and welcome to the Council's Connection. I am your host, Fabian Bix. And as an educator, this is the weekend that you look forward to. It's the weekend before the long week off for a holiday. So... What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some cuts of my favorite interviews and give my final take on professionalism. Who are my interviews going to be on here? I might just put them all on here, but that's going to be a long podcast. So I'm going to give you two or three that'll make it work. So I'm make it do what it do. Lego. Good evening and welcome to the Council's Connection. I am your host, Fabian Bix. And as an educator, this is the weekend that you look forward to. It's the weekend before the long week off for a holiday. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some cuts of my favorite interviews and give my final take on professionalism. Who are my interviews going to be on here? I might just put them all on here, but that's going to be a long podcast. So I'm going to give you two or three that'll make it work. So I'm make it do what it do. Lego. Good evening and welcome to the Council's Connection. I am your host, Fabian Bix. And as an educator, this is the weekend that you look forward to. It's the weekend before the long week off for a holiday. So... What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some cuts of my favorite interviews and give my final take on professionalism. Who are my interviews going to be on here? I might just put them all on here, but that's going to be a long podcast. So I'm going to give you two or three that'll make it work. So I'm make it do what it do. Lego. Good evening and welcome to the Council's Connection. I am your host, Fabian Bix. And as an educator, this is the weekend that you look forward to. It's the weekend before the long week off for a holiday. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some cuts of my favorite interviews and give my final take on professionalism. Who are my interviews going to be on here? I might just put them all on here, but that's going to be a long podcast. So I'm going to give you two or three that'll make it work. So I'm going to make it do what it do. Lego. Good evening and welcome to the Council's Connection. I am your host, Fabian Bix. 
And as an educator, this is the weekend that you look forward to. It's the weekend before the long week off for a holiday. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some cuts of my favorite interviews and give my final take on professionalism. Who are my interviews going to be on here? I might just put them all on here, but that's going to be a long podcast. I'm going to give you two or three. That'll make it work. So I'm make it do what it do. Lego. Good evening and welcome to the Council's Connection. I am your host, Fabian Bix. And as an educator, this is the weekend that you look forward to. It's the weekend before the long week off for a holiday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some cuts of my favorite interviews and give my final take on professionalism. Who are my interviews going to be on here? I might just put them all on here, but that's going to be a long podcast. I'm going to give you two or three that'll make it work. So I'm going to make it do what it do. Lego. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Council Connection. I am your host, Fabian Bix. And on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about my time at GSCA this week, the things I've learned. We're also going to have Madam President Maria Grovner on the show. It's been five good minutes. I had to borrow that from part of interruption. Of course, housekeeping and my final thought on my battery dying. It'll fit. You know how we do. Let go.